Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. You know, we don't have a lot of branding people on the show. And, and one of the reasons why is because, uh, especially in financial services, uh, there's a lot of uh, a plain white toast, basically. It's the brands that people come up with, and they're really not very good. But our guest today, I was actually referred to by somebody who I have a lot of respect for in the industry. And she said, I was looking at her site. And she's like, well, hey, I don't know if you know this, but this lady named Monica Fon, she was the one who did my site. So I went ahead and did my due diligence and, and checked out Monica and all of the stuff. And I was like, okay, there is something fundamentally unique and different, and we're going to find out and unpack why. So Monica, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly a pleasure. I've been preparing for this. I don't want to, I don't want to let you down today. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not too concerned about that at all. Cause all you have to do is answer questions. So the yes. first question is this, let's talk about your journey, right? So you came to branding in a, in a way that I don't believe a lot of other people came to branding because you actually are an artist to your core. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yes. So growing up, I was kind of always this artist a little bit per se, but I kept getting jobs where they were very logical marketing, accounting, you know, um, property management, all those types of things. So on the side, I did my art and jewelry. I did wire jewelry and I did charcoal and watercolor. And so that took care of this logical side of my brain. I have this strategy need and then my artistic need, but I got really tired of the office seven years no windows like drove me crazy the groundhog year over and over and so i started searching like what can i do at home like i want to be free i want to be you know location independent all of those things and i just somehow like ran into this course of well anyone can do branding and they approached branding here you can do logos in a website and make money and they showed how anyone can do it how it's easy well I didn't have classical training in marketing, and that's why I was stuck at my position, actually, um, in the office. Although I assisted marketing in everything, except for landing the sponsors, I didn't have the degree. So when we sold, oh, no, Monica can't have that position. I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. Like, I'm doing the job. I'm getting out of here. I'm doing my own thing. And so I started off with doing this because it was strategic to a certain extent, I'm helping people define and build their company, but I got to be artistic. So truly it did start with just being very artistic and visual. I've worked for several different agencies, either creating like Google ads for an agency in New York. So I got to make the Forbes Google ads for like over a year and a half. I love that. <laughs> but then it just got like, okay, there's something more. Even these agencies were coming to me as just a designer role. And they're having me select what is the message? What is the goal and all this? And I'm like, all right, well, give me something to work with. What is the goals of the company or the brand? They'll either give me their website or just a really small little brand guide and leave it up to me. And I'm like, this is the agency pros here and they're leaving it up to me, just a designer. 
So I got more and more educated to help my clients. And then it just turned full blown. I'm going to do my services freelance. I'm going to consult. And I just dove deeper and deeper into it. And it's really scratched like my itch of like artistic and strategy. It didn't leave one of my talents out. So I love it. And I nerd out on it a lot. <laughs> and I love that that's the way that you came to it. One of the things when I was a consultant that everybody really liked is I hadn't been an advisor. I was a therapist, right? And so I came to consulting in a very different kind of trajectory. And you've done the same thing, which is probably, in my opinion, why you have been able to marry this um, visual component that really accentuates the message component and they work so well together that it's all telling a story instead of having to rely on one or the other. Let's talk about your process. So you have that process itch. Um, what do you do? So, so I'm a new person. I'm very interested in, in creating a new brand. Where do you even begin? Um. I think we probably, when I have discovery call with clients, usually they're referred to me, oh, great website, great logo, Monica did it. So that's where they're coming to me. They're looking for that. But usually within the discovery call, I start asking a lot of questions that help people uncover, okay, what is truly branding? They're not just paying for a logo and a website because even beautiful like websites and professional websites fail every single day. There are pieces missing. So first off, I kind of approach my clients in discovering all of these needs, trying to assess what are they missing? What have they been trying to roll out or what are they moving forward in marketing? They don't even know what they're marketing because they haven't completed a brand yet. So I help them kind of uncover what branding is first before we come to the process. Because if not, people are like, oh, that's all fluffy. I don't need that. Or, oh no, my marketing team's doing that. I'm like, well, hold on a second. If you don't know your brand, what is your marketing? What like your marketing team that needs to create it? And you might be at their whim. Who knows? So that's kind of where we start. <laughs> right, and, and it is a mountain. Uh, that's uh, that's wonderful because it is a journey. And the cool thing about it is, if you're the right Sherpa or guide taking somebody up that mountain, it's unbelievable what you can learn about yourself. My partner was a branding consultant for 15 years uh, before we partnered. And we hired a branding consultant uh, to come in and help us rebrand because we knew that we were too close to it, which I think a lot of uh, people in financial services industry are too close to it. And they think a brand is just a website or a logo. Define what a brand then means to Monica. Okay. <laughs> As a branding expert, you think that that would be easy to do. And actually recently, last summer, I completely failed as a, as a branding expert to even articulate this. So if people don't really know what a brand is and they're hiring like a branding person, like do not feel bad. Even the pros have a hard time with this. I was at my parents' garage sale out in the country and the neighbor came up to ask me, she's like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a brand consultant. And she kind of stepped back and looked at me and she's like, liking cattle. I was like, um, no, I, I was totally like knocked off my rocker. I didn't even know where to start. If she thought like she's thinking of branding cattle. So I just kind of stepped back and I just imagined if I was a cattle branding consultant, am I standing out with the cowboys and like telling them where to put the brand? Like, Oh, a little to the left down, down. Nope. Now you guys got it. I think I'd be in business maybe half a day. Like I don't have any career in that type of branding future. So I kind of copped out, which this is again, what most people think of with branding. I'm like, I do locals and websites. And she goes, oh, okay. They were ropers. I border, not interesting or cool anymore. I'm like, yeah, sorry, it's not cattle. So within all of that, 
I sat down and it's one of those conversations you have where you're like, dang, I feel like, I feel like crap. <laughs> like I'm an expert. And I couldn't even explain this to this woman who didn't like have any idea of the industry. I was like, I wish it was as easy as like walking into like a Mercedes Benz dealership and just asking them, well, what is a car? Like, well, it's this beautifully created machine that takes you from where you are to where you want to go. And I sat there, I'm like, I wish it was that easy. And then I thought about it and I'm like, okay, branding kind of is actually <laughs> branding is a created entity essentially, or a concept that helps take you and your business from where you are to where you want to go. And like a car, there's a lot of parts to it. But when we think of cars, I think in my head, I just picture kind of the body and the wheels, maybe the seat. I'm not thinking about all the parts of a vehicle when I'm just thinking about a car. So same with the brand. We just look, kind of look at the visuals and we're like, oh, that's branding or that's the brand. So I see a lot of companies kind of just rock in the shell of a brand and they don't, they're missing their engine and their transmission. So that's what I kind of try to work with in my clients. And I'll, I'll, I'll use like Nike and Apple as the best example. I mean, everybody loves Nike and Apple. <laughs> they're one of the best brands and even brand professionals, they always use them as an example. They're leaders of their industry. So branding is everything outside of like the materials used to make the Nike shoe or the components used to make the Apple device, whether it be a computer phone. So branding is everything like visual, verbal, experiential, and even the intangible stuff like value and identity and perception. But why do people love Nike and Apple? I mean, they're great products, but if you ask, I'm sure Matt, you ask any entrepreneur, great products fail every day. They fail all the time. And so what people love about Nike and Apple is the brand. So that's where many of my clients started and ended. They kind of just focus on the visuals and the website. It's incomplete and they're usually successful to some extent, not because of that, but despite that. I love, you're absolutely right. And, and the funny thing about you using the, the Mercedes Benz as an example, right? Uh, people only look at the the visual component or the image component of what a Mercedes does, but people don't understand that the engine is fundamentally different than the brakes are totally different. And you know, all of that stuff, that's that brand foundation. And when you look at Apple, Nike, Land Rover, Zappos, some of those brands that are like, yeah, I totally get those. They all have something that's very much in common, which is a foundational philosophy, right? If you look at, you know, Apple think differently, uh, you know, Nike is still just do it. God, that's been around since I was a little kid. What does that mean? Well, that means that every time that they look at something, they are challenging that with that brand foundational statement. Um, I never knew uh, what our branding took. It was a six month process. Yeah. And <laughs> we spent a nice amount of money on it and i'm grateful for every single solitary penny and i think that's the other thing monica that's frustrating to us and i know you probably have experiences too is people will say i want to hire you i need a i need a logo on a website and then they try to really cheap out on it and then they get this mediocre again plain white toast but the people who don't the people who take the time and go through your process and they have these epiphany, you know, uh, eye-opening sort of moments, you really live for that, don't you? Oh yeah. I, one of those people that I like try to take every, well, not try to, I do. I take everything to this like super deep level of either like this inner connection or meaning or purpose behind everything. And I guess that's why people are just so attracted to the outcomes that my clients do. And they just feel changed though when we've created this like 
clarity and confidence. It's like, oh, well now I'm not embarrassed of my website, but it's like, I can truly move forward and act and make decisions with guidance now. And they didn't even know it existed. So it's kind of hard to like in marketing approach someone you want brand, you know, guidance and clarity, or you need brand consulting. They're like, no, actually I just need a logo on a website, but in moving forward with their business, a lot of my clients, six to 10 years in, that's what they're kind of struggling with. They're like, gosh, we just don't really know how to move forward. And we're just hitting this wall of this growth. And it's just getting more difficult. We don't know how to take it to the next level. So that's within the discovery call. We kind of like start uncovering some of those things and they go, okay, I want what, whatever it is you're talking about. I'm not sure exactly what it is yet, but I, yes, that, that's what I'm looking for. Not just the website and the logo. And the most successful people who really have that brand foundation, they're, they don't have competition, right? Because you have been able to uncover what truly makes them unique and different. And something that we talk a lot about here is being proud of it. Because you know, because you've experienced this in your world, people who work at, well, sometimes, People who represent Nike, people who represent Apple, uh, Zappos, Land Rover, they are so proud of the brand, of the name, of what it stands for. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking to myself, man, I'm really not proud of Halloran Wealth Management as the name of my company because it looks like everybody else. And my tagline is, is we help you retire. You probably want to hire Monica and go through the process because you're going to uncover more about yourself. And in Monica, one of the things that really happened with us is this Oscar Wilde quote that I say on almost every show, which is you might as well be yourself because everyone else is taken. And I believe that a great branding experience helps you figure that out. And then you don't have any other, um, any other competition. Now, part of that also is being authentic. Do you ever run into resistance with people saying, oh, that's too personal or, or I'm putting too much out there um, and I'm afraid to do it? Do you ever uncover fear through the process? Yes. So um, that expresses itself in two different ways. And honestly, I authenticity is my why. This is like, I, I read Simon Sinek's Start With Why book, and I've just noticed this thread of authenticity in everything that I've done in any industry, what it is. I even got the tattoo. Like, it didn't really was like, this is my authenticity tattoo to remind me on my arm. But when we come to marketing ourselves and we are entrepreneurial, we're getting into marketing more, we feel like we have to be something we're not. We're told to do this and do this, go on lives on Instagram and all these things. And like, I tried that so hard. I tried the social media thing. I tried these lives. I tried doing things, but it made me sick to my stomach. I lost my passion for like my business almost entirely in trying to show up inauthentically. I just got so confused. I lost like my own personal identity in this. So one of the most important things for my clients is that anything we create comes from them. And that's why when you go to my portfolio, most everything looks so different. It's not coming from me, the oh, designer. Yeah. I take the essence of them and then I create it in this way. But as the outside perspective, sometimes I can see things that they don't see for themselves. We're very critical of ourselves. And it's kind of like doing your own dentistry or doing your own hair. It's hard to do something for yourself because of your perspective on it. So you need this outside perspective, but it's like industry research. There's like so many different touch points within the brand anatomy that help us differentiate this, but do it in an authentic way. Finding your strengths and bringing them forward, filling gaps in the niche or the industry, but standing apart. So one of my past clients, I did just do a design for because it was kind of a co-project with, with an agency. He's actually here in Longmont and he has a financial services company, but he's very much 
kind of like the cowboy, the Western. I mean, he's competed in nationals. He is in his cowboy boots and his cowboy hat. We've got the front range background on the site and him and his famous horse, but we take who he is and we turn it into this brand aesthetic and this mission. And that is basically doing things right. The honor and the integrity of the past, like it comes into like that ethos. So again, all these brand anatomy parts that we truly don't even know exist when we're creating some of these things. And that person specifically knows that when they put their, their cowboy hat on, when they put their cowboy boots on, they're on brand, they're being true to themselves. Hey, it's Matt here, just jumping in again. Let me ask you this, are you proud of your brand? How would your business change if you were? Well, we have a free course called Branding 101 that will help you create a brand that is authentic to who you are and what you do. It's everything we've learned from working with the top advisors for over 20 years. To start this course, all you have to do is join the Pod Rocket Academy for free at prodwath.com forward slash episode 353. And I love, I, I love your company name. I love the idea of being authentic. You know, that is such a huge component for us. How do you then help them take their brand and get it out into the world? What sort of advice do you have um, for people who have gone through your process? They are all of a sudden proud for the first time of their messaging of, of who they are and what they do and what makes them unique and different. What do you do to help them then, you know, kind of spread the, the word and the love? Okay. So I think my acronym helps kind of describe what this model looks like. Um, I came up with an acronym to try to describe what it is of all these anatomy pieces and authenticity like tied together, what is branding? And so branding to me is red, not the color. You don't have to have a red, <laughs> a red logo, but it is reputation, experience, and distinction. So in kind of putting this out to the world, we first work on building up the reputation and that surrounds all the aspects of you. So we're going to do your decided persona. We're going to work on your intellectual property positioning. And the R for me is resonance again. So this authenticity piece and then meeting your particular clients, like that ideal client avatar we hear so much about, but this creates brand gravity. And I think Elon Musk said it the best. <laughs> he said that Branding is just a perception and perception will match reality over time. So we, we create this perception through the branding and in turn creating like the reality of this business. So much of what you're saying, like putting it out there, it's building a reputation. We're talking testimonials, referrals, and then in your marketing assets, we need to have clarity on what is it the reputation you're built or the perception that you're looking to influence for part of it. Um, the next is the experience. So this is a little bit even more of the going out there and bringing this brand out to the masses and experience in the E isn't just like about you and your experience, your credibility. It's about the client. So first part was you that's reputation. Next part experience is client. And that's what is their customer experience with you? Maybe just, you know, the initial consultation, coming to one of your events, listening to your podcast, but it's also their experience and their life. What are their pain points and struggles that they're having? What is the experience they desire to have? So all of this surrounds experience, but that leads to letting you know, what is your role in that? 
in taking them from where they are to where they want to go. And experience is more important than we think. I think a lot of us um, in any type of industry focus on price and lists of services, but uh, Facebook did a study recently and they surveyed a variety of different household income ranges. So we're talking people who have exponential amounts of income, like excess, throwing it out the window. And then people who are living paycheck to paycheck and 80% of all the customers valued experience as much as the products and services themselves. So 67% of them reported switching to a different company for better experience. So don't write off experience <laughs> for sure. Everybody's like, eh, it's fine. Like they get what they want and need, but no, like I, I think we can see in all of our different advertising and events and everything that we created, they're centering on experience. And I think that's what you guys help create with helping people with their podcasts too. So the last part is de-distinction. And we kind of already touched on this a little bit, but this is how your brand fits in or stands out like among the industry, how it interacts with the industry and the world. And this is all about your strategy, your research, your creativity. And like you said, no more competing on pricing and offerings becoming incomparable in your industry. And an analogy I like to use um, is like the gladiator scenario. We've got gladiators in an arena. We're all battling it out as like the business owners, we're fighting to the death. We're getting all bloodied for the attention of the crowd. But when we're on that same playing fields, playing that same game, how can we possibly stand apart <laughs> from anyone else who's a gladiator in there? So I recommend to my clients essentially is we're going to step out of that arena. We're going to stop playing this game and we're going to create your own stage, your own arena, your own game. So we can pull those people out of that audience who truly want to see you and what you have to offer and you get their sole attention. Like when they're listening to a podcast, you have their sole attention, but the differentiation is very important. I think a lot of people like, yeah, yeah, I need to be different. Well, that's an improvement over being better as a gladiator. We're like, oh, I just need to be better than all the other gladiators, but it's truly, we need to be different and not just different. Like, oh, when my clients come in the door, I'm going to slap them with the pie in the face. Like that's not the good kind of different. We, we need to find the differentiation and that's where the research and development of the brand comes into play. <laughs> I, I love, I love that. One of the things that I catch myself saying more often than I should is Everybody is fighting for the scraps underneath the table when they should realize that they can have their own table. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm summarizing the gladiator sort yeah. of idea there because especially in financial services, it's brutal. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like beating each other up and don't realize they can work together. And but if everybody had that singular focus and they were in they were gladiator glad, gladiator and they were looking out and saying, that's my ideal fan right? I want to talk directly to them. Then, then they're, they're keeping their eyes where it should be instead of looking at what a lot of financial services professionals do, which is it's the spray and pray, right? They go out into the middle of the ocean and they throw a net and they hope they catch a whale, but they have no idea if the whales are there, what their migratory periods, you know, any of that sort of things. And that's that market research you were talking about. All right. How, okay, I have to ask you this question. So what should I have asked you that I didn't? Mm. So I think, um, I think you started leading to it a little bit. I, I, I find that all these pieces we're talking about the brand anatomy and my acronym, like what is branding reputation experience and distinction, but what this all really comes down to is brand trust. 
all of those elements, like that's the main goal is building brand trust. And Steve Jobs himself said, a brand is simply trust. So I think like, how do we build more brand trust might be one of the great takeaways for people to kind of implement um, from the podcast, probably. All right. There you go. I <laughs> teed you up. Well, you teed yourself up. So answer the question. That's yeah. a great one. Okay. Okay. So in building brand trust, that that's, I think that's the ultimate goal here. We have all these parts and pieces. We're strategic, we're creative, but truly it's building brand trust. Like Steve Jobs said. So I recently, um, created this brand trust pyramid. And so in creating it, I adapted Alan Weiss's brand trust pyramid. <laughs> Thanks for the lead on that with the data from a recent generational brand survey from the center of generational kinetics. And I'm now taking this, this is like all the parts that I was doing before, but this helps the clients understand so much more. Um, what are the goals and what are the pieces we need to have beyond the brand anatomy pieces? So the beginning of the project, I will then go through the brand trust pyramid with them and say, how do we fill in each of these pieces? What assets do we have? Then we go through creating the brand process. Then afterward, the pyramid is also like, here are the things to continue to cultivate and grow. And so there's five pieces of that pyramid, but it's actually an inverted pyramid. We're not sitting on top of the desert, like in Egypt, it's going down because we're going into deeper levels of trust with our audience and our clients and customers. So the first foundational level, when we're going down into trust with someone is first of all, trust built on referral or testimonial of another. It's one of my questions I always ask my clients, real estate investors or financial services, like, do you have some sort of referral program? Like, how does that work? But I notice, like, even people five to 10 years in business, they haven't been actively getting testimonials. They might have three that are a few years old and they're like, well, we can use this. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. We have a new project. <laughs> so I will help them with scripts and specific questions to ask their current clients and past clients so we can get really clear testimonials. I mean, you ask someone to review something they love, they honestly don't even know what to say other than it's great and everything sounds the same, but we're not mining out the story and the influence and effect it's had on their life. That's one of the first ways you can become incomparable to your competitors by having much higher quality testimonials and a higher quantity right away, side by side, you're already becoming incomparable in that way. So um, next level, step two down is the trust based on manifest experience. The word manifest, I think, confuses people. So think of like a manifesto of like a journal or like a shipped capstans log. This is a display of evidence that you are paid to either speak or train or consult in this. But if you're already a financial services professional, like you're getting paid to do what you do. So that's fine. We've got that. And that builds again, um, more of that reputation, the R. And then third step down halfway through is trust based on validation and understanding. <laughs> so now we've had people, okay, they can do this for other people. That's great. Or they're a professional, but, but what about me? This is where we're going to meet all their hesitations and objections. So this a lot of people approach this in their demographics, but truly it's not demographics, it's their psychographics and psychology. Do we get them? Have we told them what's in it for me and break down how we solve their particular problem? Um, that builds and starts creating the experience for our clients. And truly there are different things that different clients are experiencing, whether they have college age kids or they're owning a business and facing retirement. Like there's so many different arenas where we can speak to them in that way, more specifically. Um, 
Second to last, we've got trust based on intellectual respect. Have you appeared in the news as an expert? Do you have a nice website? We're all looking for a guide. We know we need something, but do I want to follow this guy or this girl? Like who's, who's better? Who do I resonate with? We usually tend to follow like one type of leader or thought leader educator in health and fitness. Then we follow another one in, in business. Like we have that person. We want to be that person based on intellectual respect. And honestly, podcasting does this so well, Matt, it's a huge accelerator for this level. So if people aren't interested in podcasting, I even tell them like, you need to get on podcasts. (laughs) You can create this trust based on intellectual respect, but If anyone is listening right now, who's thinking about starting a podcast, I would say reach out to Matt because you guys, I feel like they would be in the best hands. You guys truly get it. If I created a brand with a client and then you guys were taking it on, I'd breathe a sigh of relief (laughs) from everything I've heard from you guys. I'm like, oh no, they're, they're going to, they're going to take care of it and grow it, not go in and rip it apart, you know, kind of thing. Um, so last we're the very bottom part of the pyramid at the deepest level, and that's trust based on emotional connection. It's the deepest layer of trust and dedication is earned with human connection. And that again, ties into the experience and the distinction, creating an emotional connection can absolutely start standing you apart from others in your industry. They just, we don't, we don't know how to do it. Um, I have, I have two statistics that really help my clients picture this, how important it is to do that. Cause that's what you said earlier. We get uncomfortable about this authenticity and how personal I want to get. But, um, in the Endelman trust barometer special report of 2020, it said that according to the latest figures, 70% of customers agree that brand trust is more important today than in the past. And better yet, (laughs) PR Newswire reported that emotionally connected customers have a 306% higher lifetime value. So I know I like that number. If you're talking about investing, like invest in brand connection, emotionally connected brands, because 306% might come from referrals. They're referring you to more people. It might come to retention. You retain the clients longer or they purchase more services or products from you too. So, um, it's just that our overly professional, like corporate branding messages that even I I'm young, but even when I'm growing up, we saw the people in the suits as trustworthy times have absolutely shifted. And those professional brands no longer build trust. It actually causes suspicion and distrust. We're like, Oh, they're only after my money in the bottom line. So the future of business and branding is in the personification of brands. And we have been experiencing that Monica for forever yeah. within financial services is mm. we're looked at as the bad guys instead of the people mm. who really can help you live a life that you've always worked so hard for. I want to highlight something mm. there because you used a word multiple times that terrifies financial advisors, which is the word testimonials. And according to uh, the SEC and FINRA, FINRA, uh, if you're a FINRA regulated advisor, you know that you can't actually have testimonials. You can't do that. But uh, if you are in RIA, which by the way, would probably be your ideal client because they have much more freedom to really build whatever they want. The SEC just came out with their final rule. I was just at a conference and we interviewed some people who helped draft the legislation that specifically says that you can have testimonials on your website, on Google, in your podcast, you can interview them as long as you have a very small disclaimer at the beginning that basically says, hey, I'm not paying this person to say this. And if you're an RIA, 
if you have made that leap, you did it for a couple of reasons. Number one, you were really tired of living under the confines of some other organization. You weren't able to be yourself. Number two, you really wanted to be able to market yourself more successfully. That's where Monica comes in, right? So if you have made that transition or if you're interested in making that transition and you want to become truly independent, this, this inverted pyramid that Monica was just talking about is exactly what you want. That is exactly what you want. That's exactly the steps that you need to be perceiving or, or actually starting to understand and internalizing because that's where branding changes. All right, Monica, what's the best way for people to reach out to you so that they can hire you and start uh, experiencing your magnificence? <laughs> so based off all this talk about authenticity, my company name is Authentic, O-N-Authentic. You can just find me at authentic.com. Email me at Monica at authentic.com. But I, talking about branding and everything, my audience has changed. So I am rebranding my podcast. You can listen to a lot more of these pieces broken out of the brand anatomy at the brand anatomy podcast, which will be the science and strategy behind becoming incomparable and living your brand. So that's where you can find me. Well, I'm sure those of you who've listened to this all the way to the end here have realized that I really wanted Monica on uh, because one, I love I love her strategy, I love her system, and I really, if when you guys go to the website and you see samples of her work, it is truly exceptional. But philosophically, we are about as in line as in line can get. Her mm -hmm. goal is to make you unapologetically yourself, be your true authentic self. And so she helps build that and bring that out of you. And then what we do is then we help you get that brand out into the world. And which is why I'm so excited to know you. It's an mm -hmm. honor to know you. Thank you very much. Everybody will make sure that we have links to uh, her LinkedIn profile, uh, Instagram, your podcast and your website, all in our show notes. We'll make sure it goes out there. So Monica, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. It was a blast. <laughs> if you have not subscribed, please do. If you know somebody who has a really crummy brand or who isn't proud of their brand, send them this show and have them find out and listen to what their brand really truly could be. Uh, if you haven't given us a quick rating on iTunes, we'd appreciate it or wherever you listen. Uh, and finally, um, you know, just pay attention. Check in with yourself. As you're talking about when somebody says, what do you do? Are you proud of it? Is it something that you would sing from the mountaintops? And if not, it's not that it doesn't exist. It's just you haven't had it pulled out of you yet. So for Monica, everybody at Authentic and all of us here at Proudmouth, this is Matt Hallern, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at Proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.